Welcome to the Friday Habit, everyone. This week, we are going to be having part two of our interview with Claire Chandler and be talking about how to create a great company culture. So if you missed part one, just go back one episode, listen to that one first, and then come back and listen to this episode. All right, let's jump back in. Welcome to the Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. Mark, you, you asked me a little bit earlier, and I want to drill in on, on this with you because you're this is where you're living right now is you've... You're a founder. You've got, I think you said four employees um, and you're kind of teetering on this sort of decision point of, of how do I grow? And I'm sure some mornings you wake up and go, yeah, screw it. Let's just not grow. Let's just keep going the way we're going. It's, you know, that's, that's good enough. Um, and of course, other days you're like, no, screw that. We're going to, you know, we're going <laughs> right. to blow this out. Yeah. We're going to make our mission to Mars. Right. So a quick exercise you can do, um, you know, in terms of bottling up um, kind of that, that, that secret sauce that makes your company, the, the expression of your personality um, so special and so unique. Because you know, part, part of the thing, as I said before, it's so attractive to go and work for a startup because it's the exciting time and it's, you know, it's really chaotic, but you can kind of be your own person and, and do what you want, fail for it, blah, blah, blah. Well, over time, that just gets really immature, right? It's like, um, you know, the, the, the people that were attracted by that concept of no walls and no structure and no rules and no this and no that, all of a sudden get burnt out by your management by chaos um, mm-hmm. because, you know, the, the curtains come down and it's no longer exciting. It's just, wow, he's really making it up as he goes. Like he's, when he says no walls, he just means no clue. Like he's just really like, you know, out there. So a quick exercise you can do is just sort of like with, with yourself and even with the, with the four people who work on your team now, just kind of draw a circle around, you know, what are the the sort of distinguishing characteristics that you started your company on, that you founded it on, right? Um, mm-hmm. And Ben, you mentioned a couple of core principles. You know, it, it was it was a quality of work. Like, what was the dream, right? When you first said, "I'm going to go out on my own, and this is what I'm going to be all about," um, you know, what what was some of the driving force behind that? I want to be a company that stands for this, delivers that, and serves this kind of you know, client, as an example, right? What are some of the personality characteristics that you founded your company on? And I would draw a circle around that. Then I would do again, kind of, okay, that was sort of opening day. Founder's position, expression of my personality. That's how we, that's how we kind of, you know, like dug the, sh- the, the shovel into the earth and started this puppy up. Well, now you're how many years in now? Uh, well, I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years, but as this current iteration, it's been about four and a half, almost five. Okay. Yeah, eight for me. So, okay. So now, you know, now you want to do a second circle and your second one is current, right? So the first one's kind of past. The second one is, is, is present, current, whatever. What is working really, really well right now? in your company, about your company? Why are clients signing on with you? Why are they staying with you? Um, you know, even ask your your employees, you know, what convinced you to, to come on board? Like what attracted you here and what's what's keeping you here? What is some of that intangible that maybe I don't even give full credit to, 
right? Um, so it's some of it, it's some of that. And then again, it's also, you know, have our core principles evolved? Um, have we added any since we started? Has our has our vision for what this could be changed? Is our mission altered in any way? Um, so some of those characteristics that are current. And then if you haven't already guessed, there's going to be a third circle that talks about future. And future is kind of your 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 Mars vision, right? So in the future, how big do you want this thing to get? What do you want to be known for? What's the kind of work you want to do? Um, you know, what's sort of the 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 absolute pillars, if you will, of your culture that you want to hold sacred, that you want to make sure you either keep because you already have them, or you want to make sure that you build toward because you want them so much. So it's kind of that that desired future state. And, and this is the kind of thing that you can do like a like a quick list first, sleep on it, do a little bit of refining, go talk to your team about it, see how they would add or change or, or whatever. Because, you know, part of the other uh, the other piece of the founder's dilemma is we spend so much time in our own heads. Um, mm-hmm. And it's great when you're first ideating. Right. It's great when you first want to say, all right, nobody talked to me. I have this idea and I just need to co- kind of go into my cave for a while and, and sketch on the walls. Right. But eventually you've got to validate that. You've got to test it a little bit. And especially when you have people looking to you for leadership and guidance, you have to make sure that they buy in. So asking them for feedback and then refine it. But, you know, however big the circles have to be, that's that's fine. Once you kind of have them to a place where you're like, all right, I've got them pretty well populated, move them closer together. So now they're a Venn diagram, right? Hmm. The sweet spot in the middle there where the the founder the the reasons that you started the company the the things that are still strong and successful and you are starting to build a reputation a good reputation for with clients and with with employees and in that future kind of you know mars landing um vision for you know the future of your company there's an overlap there and it's not necessarily word for word it's more of a feeling right it's more of a um these are the elements that we started the company around these are the elements that have gotten us to this point and this is where we want to go from here and these are these are sort of common threads when you get to that sweet spot it's going to tell you a lot about what the next decisions are that you want to make it's not going to give you all the answers by any stretch um but it's a it's a really good way to get some of this you know stuff out of your head and out onto paper and then start to um, replicate it, document it, you know, and, and do it in a way that you can, um, you know, build your processes around and build your, you know, your employee guidebooks around, um, you know, how you onboard, how you screen people. Um, you know, Ben, you, you had asked earlier, are there things like, you know, assessment tools and are there, you know, uh, uh, books or testing or training or learning? There, there's all of that. There's absolutely all of that. And those are going to be necessary to kind of take those, um, those blueprints, right. Or those building plans, if you will, and move them forward, make them three-dimensional and get people to kind of buy into them. So I know that was a bit of a long no, explanation that was... of that, but it's, a, but it, it can be a quick exercise. It can be a 15 minute back of the envelope, or it can take you, you know, a good couple solid weeks to really get to a place where you say, yeah, that's the sweet spot that I want to, I want to keep building, you know, my cultural um, infrastructure around. Yeah. I love that. I I was taking notes. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is gold. If you're listening, this was gold. If you, (laughs) 
if you had yeah. any questions. Yeah, I've got notes right here. I'll, I'll definitely include that in my recap today. That's really, awesome. really helpful. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it seems like, and like you said, clarity, it sounds simple, but honestly, it seems like the hardest thing at the same time. Like trying yeah. to build that clarity seems like a cliche thing, but then at the same time, it seems like one of the most difficult things to achieve, you know? And I, I think too, as a founder and, you know, someone who is a part of a startup, you know, runs a startup, there is this like squirrel syndrome. I feel like I experience and a lot of friends yeah. of mine experience, right? Where it's kind of like you have a good idea and then you see some other good idea. You're like, Oh, that's a good idea. Like, Oh, I, I bet we could grow <laughs> on this. And it, you never stay in on one thing and focus, you know, we're constantly having good ideas. <laughs> Yeah. Did, did you know that FOCUS is actually an acronym? I did not. What, what is okay, that? So here's, another, here's another nugget for you. Okay. Actually, so it's an acronym for follow one course until successful. Oh, nice. And I don't mean training course. I mean one, one path. You know, it's, it's, it's another piece of the founder's dilemma, right? We get shiny object syndrome and mm -hmm. the brilliant idea or path that we found or stumbled upon yesterday and damn these Facebook ads because they get me every time, right? <laughs> um, it, you know, that was, that was brilliant yesterday and was the absolute key that unlocked the, the next genius, you know, growth spurt that you're going to have. Um, by the next day, you know, in the light of day, you go, well, that was, that was corny. That was never going to work because you're now on a different shiny object syndrome. Huge, huge problem for all of us founders. The other problem is we all started out with, with an idea in our own heads and we kind of started it out, you know, in our, our, our business landscape as solopreneurs by and large. And you start to bring on other people, but you don't, the first person you hire is not a CFO, a chief strategist, you know, some high level person. It's usually somebody who helps you with the doing so you can continue to grow the business. The problem with that is the founder kind of paints himself into a corner and he says, I've got all these ideas. I've got all these squirrels that, you know, uh, I was just having a conversation with somebody earlier and they described it as crabs in a bucket, right? They're all clamoring to get to the top and get out of the bucket and be heard. And the problem is, and every founder tells me the same thing and every CEO tells me the same thing. I have all these ideas and I have all these voices in my head, but I can't let them out to the people that work for me. For one of two reasons. One, they're not strategic enough to help me sort through this information. Or two, if I admit that I don't have all of this figured out, they're going to see it as a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, founders especially need a sounding board. You know, and and this is not going to segue into a into a promotional plug. Although, if you want a sounding board, I do I do offer <laughs> that. But they they you know they need somebody to help them be in the room, whether it's virtually or physically, so that they can get these ideas out, get those voices that are in their head flying in formation, right? And help them see through their own forest because we're, we're all deep in our own forest. And sometimes it is so difficult to see which, you know, which pathway is going to lead us to the light. Go from a crab of buckets to a flock of seagulls. <laughs> I love oh. that. <laughs> wow. You dated yourself, but I'm with you on that. That was pretty nice. Ben, I think we have our teaser quote for this episode. I mean, yeah, I don't want to yeah. do your job or anything, but. That's pretty good. Uh, it was actually when you mentioned the, you know, focus, it also reminded me of another one. It's like uh, the man who chases two rabbits catches neither. 
that one has stuck with me too because it's like uh yeah, yeah sometimes i feel like that because i i'm definitely the type of person that is always i literally like wake up in the middle of the night with oh my gosh new business idea oh, yeah. and I do actually, and I don't know if this is a good idea or not. I actually do share almost all of them with my team because I'm so excited. And, <laughs> but I always, I always like, will give a little like grain of salt up front and just say, Hey, don't worry. I'm not going to actually do anything about this right now. But Hey, I have a new idea. Cause everybody's like, Oh great. Another business idea. Like we can't even finish this one yet. You know, you know, we're, yeah. everybody's working hard to get the last one done. Um, right. Of course you always right. have to be looking forward, but uh, I don't know. Do you recommend people share that with their team at all in your experience? Uh, my team seems to enjoy it as long as I'm not uh, stressing them out with it. Right. Well, before I answer that, Mark, Mark, what's kind of your your experience with with your team? Are you a I'm going to bring them a half baked idea and hope they think it's whole baked and just run with it, or do you kind of hold that stuff in? Yeah, I, I kind of hold that stuff in. I think I'm more in the boat of like I don't want anyone to know that I don't have I don't have a clue what I'm doing. <laughs> it's like, I feel like, um, you know, when I started this company almost five years ago, it was just me running and gunning. Like I was just taking everything and I was just doing everything. And then I got to a point to where it's like, I couldn't do everything. And so I needed to ask for help. And yeah, I started hiring employees to kind of help me do the work. And then now I've kind of worked myself out of all the doing. And now I'm more in this role of, you know, okay, now it's my job to just focus on sales and just focus on, you know, building relationships and growing the company. And when an employee comes to me and says, I want to pay raise, it's like, all right, well, I have to figure out, you know, how we can generate more uh, income and more value so that we can pay people more money and, and, you know, keep growing the company. So I think I'm not all over the place as far as constant ideas uh, or wanting to do new things. I think I'm always just like, all over the idea of like different strategies, like do we use Facebook or social media or do we focus on podcasting or video marketing? You know, I think there's there's a few things that I'm I'm kind of always spinning around on, but not jumping from industry to industry. You know, I'm kind of staying in, in our lane. So Right. Yeah. I'm and you know, one of the things that I and I keep harping on clarity because it is so foundational to to really solid sustainable growth is once you get to that point where you are crystal clear about, you know, what your business is all about, why it matters, um, you know, so that organizational self-awareness, your own leadership self-awareness, once you have that clarity and, and to the point where you're consistently articulating it in the same way and other people are going, yeah, I totally, I totally get that. And they're not parroting you. They're not just, you know, reciting it back, but they're truly internalizing it and getting it. You'd be amazed at how much easier it is to make decisions hmm. on everything from the right clients, the clients you should say no to, the, you know, the right, the right employees, the, uh, you know, the, those requests that do come in, because all of a sudden you're in the middle of a, of a brainstorming session, you know, even if it's just with yourself. And, you know, that's always the time that somebody comes into, you know, knocks on your door because we have an open door policy, right? Because we're, we're founders, we're not corporate, uh, you know, bureaucrats. So we have an open door policy and they come in and they want to raise. Well, when you have clarity around what it is that you're all about, why it matters and how each of your people and the roles they're in contribute to moving that needle. Well, now it's not about you going, all right, I've got to stop the wheels on my, my strategic brainstorming. And now, you know, kind of suppress that sort of stomach clenching that I have because I either don't have the money or I don't have the skill to tell them no. Right. 
So now it's about, okay, is this a person, is this a contributor, is this a request that help us, you know, through fulfilling that, help us retain, further embed and empower and, and you know, engage and motivate that employee and other employees, right? Because one, you should always reward and recognize the behavior you want to see repeated. Once you kind of get really good at this, right? Those people are not going to have to ask for a raise because they're going to they're going to get where their place is in your culture and in your vision for the future. They're going to contribute in those directions, and you're going to see that right off. And you're going to get into such a um, a rhythm and a habit of not just giving people pay raises like it's candy, but recognizing their contributions in ways that don't always cost you money. Because, you know, people, and, and we knock on millennials all the time. I'm the first one to make fun of my, you know, friends that are millennial, millennials, you know, and they get a bad rap that they're, they're not really looking for a career. They're just looking for something to supplement, you know, their, their, their personal hobbies and this and that. We all, even millennials, we all just want to find a place that we can belong. And, you know, and we want to spend time with people we can believe in and who believe in us. And if you can make that connection for people, regardless of, of what generation they happen to be from, they are going to go so way above and beyond any job description you ever hand them. That is so good. And, and jumping back to clarity, one question I have on that, and I think this is a subconscious fear maybe that I have with the clarity aspect. And uh, let's let's just jump into therapy mode real quick. Um, sure. So when I, when I was when <laughs> when I was a kid, I remember getting you know those like sand art like kits where you had yeah. different colored sand and you put them into a bottle or whatever. Well, it's funny because as a kid, like I never did it because I was afraid that I would like mess it up or that it would be like not the right order or whatever. Then one day I found it in a box later and I was like, oh, I never did this. I guess I'll do it. And so I just did it right there on the spot without thinking and just kind of put it together. But I guess to me, it's like that commitment of like, is this irreversible? So to me, when I think about clarity and making a decision in my company, I think I have a little bit of a problem with like making this decision because I feel like I'm missing out on every other possible iteration of my business, you know, of like, Oh, it could have gone this way or that way. If I make this decision, does that mean I'm missing out on an even better one later? So I always want to like keep my options open. So therefore my, maybe I'm a little less clear about exactly what customer we're looking for or, you know, cause I'm like, Oh, well maybe this is cause I'm always learning and trying to figure out new ways to do things. So I think that's like a subconscious fear that keeps me from like making a decisive uh, kind of call sometimes. So, I don't know, do you have, can you talk me off the ledge with that one? <laughs> of course. So, um, you know, FOMO, the sphere of missing out yeah. is again, mm-hmm. part of the, the founder's dilemma, right? Yeah. Um, it, there's a lot of uncertainty and risk and unknown about being a founder, which is why mm-hmm. as much as I love it, you guys clearly love it. It's not for everybody. When I left my quote unquote cushy corporate job, in a very stable industry, and this was in 2011 when the economy was not was not great. Everybody that I left behind at work said, "Are you sure you know what you're doing?" And then, as I was leaving with this huge smile on my face, half of them came and pulled me aside and said, "Take me with you, right?" Um, yeah. Because yeah. we all, you know, like we're we're not meant to be. You know, if, if you ever saw the movie Office Space, right? Life's too short. We weren't meant to spend spend it this way. Um, And there are so many people that are just sort of accepting of, well, you're not supposed to like your job or you're not supposed to do this or that, which is why they don't, you know, they don't, they don't take these risks. So the sheer fact that you went out on your own, you started something, you have, you know, kind of put a tangible expression of your personality out into the world is an amazing thing. And it's an amazing stretch, right? It's an amazing risk. 
But going back to your sand art story, it tells me that you are so so here, you know, I'm a Facebook psychologist, right? So the, no degree, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fake this. But um go for it. No, what what's very clear to me is you know that you have this sort of lingering lifelong FOMO that you know you didn't always take even calculated risks. You weren't the kid who jumped off the roof to see if you could fly. Um, you weren't the kid who, you know, uh, opted for a semester abroad during college because you were afraid of what you were going to miss out on at home. You know, there, so there's, there's a little bit of that. And I think, you know, there are fewer physical barriers to business success than we think there are. There are, they are more mental and most of them are in our own heads. You know, I, I say to people a lot that, especially, you know, I used to, speaking of therapy, I used to kind of counsel people that were, were sort of stuck in that full-time job rut to, uh, to, to help them reinvigorate their passion for what they were doing. And a lot of them, you know, had been debating for years and years, kind of taking the leap or changing jobs or going out on their own or doing a side hustle or whatever. And they all came up against the same enemy. And that enemy is two words, if only. Hmm. We constantly talk ourselves out of the path that's going to really open up like true fulfillment. I don't want to get all Buddhist on you, right? But you know, there there is a there is a path to that if you just don't listen to all those negative voices in your head that are louder than any outside critic, right? That are going to say, you know, if if only I had more money saved, if only I had more experience, if only more people liked me, if only I, you know, I got the, you know, I, I'm I'm still bitter about the fact that growing up I never got the big Crayola box with the built-in sharpener. We couldn't afford it. We couldn't do those luxuries. I got the the stupid little eight crayons. You ever try to color like a decent picture with eight <laughs> crayons? Can't can't be done, right? Um, so all that to say, I mean, we you know we carry we carry with us. Um, you know, as founders, it is an expression of our personality, but if we're not careful, it's also an expression of that, that emotional and mental baggage that we have. So, you know, it's kind of a long winded answer. Um, but you know, it's, it's really just to kind of say, you know, that's a, that's a step forward in, in your self-awareness is to kind of uncover, um, you know, what are those voices in my head that are kind of holding me back? What are the real barriers here to me really making this business everything I could have possibly dreamed of and more. And there, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I want to do a, a riff on this on YouTube. I just haven't done it yet, but it's, you know, do you, do you recognize the difference between setbacks and hand grenades, right? There are, there are setbacks that you invariably come up against, you know, um, market conditions or, or clients shifting priority or, you know, the economy or COVID-19 or what have you. Those are setbacks, but the hand grenades are the ones that we just sort of pull the pin, lob it into the middle and go, oh my gosh, that whole thing blew up on me. What happened? Because you mm -hmm. threw a grenade in the middle, right? It, so there, there's, there is a huge difference between, you know, learning from adversity, failing forward and the self-sabotage because you might actually be afraid of ridiculous success. Mm. That's what failures always say. <laughs> I'm afraid of ridiculous. Like a real yes. <laughs> That's really well, Claire, interesting. This has been a really good conversation. Um, I feel like we could keep talking. <laughs> yeah, and ben, I've, I've actually. Oh, go ahead, Mark. 
No, I was going to say, uh, do you have a recap for us? I do. I've got some notes here. And Claire, feel free to jump in and correct me if I misquote you anywhere here. Absolutely. A couple of things. So one of the first things you mentioned was clarity. I definitely think that was a theme throughout. Just getting crystal clear on your mission or your why um, and getting clear about yourself, more self-awareness, making sure you understand yourself, what your strengths and weaknesses are. And also authenticity, making sure you're authentic. You recommended the Zappos culture book, which I will check out. You also mentioned that the biggest impact on culture is the behavior of the leaders. You said, don't ignore things that go against your culture. Um, and you also said, tell your team why you're asking someone to do something. So whether it's on your team or like the example, you know, with clients, you know, make sure you explain the why behind what, what you're doing. Um, one of your tips I loved was the, the circle diagram exercise. So first you said, draw a circle around some of your founding principles. Um, some of the original things that you kind of have started with, why you started your company and some of the important things to you then created a second circle around that and include in that what's working really well now. Like why do your people, why do your people want to work with you? Uh, why do people hire us and those kinds of things, your current state of things. And then around that, a future circle that you put what you want to be known for um, and what you want your company to be like in the future. And then turn that into a Venn diagram and find what all the commonalities are. And that kind of helps clarify kind of your, your path forward. A couple other things I loved towards the end. You said, once you have clarity, every decision you make is way easier, which I've definitely found to be true. And I, it inspires me to make some more uh, big picture decisions. You also said, always reward and recognize behavior you want to see. And you said there are fewer physical barriers to success than you think. Most of them are mental and they're probably in your own head. Good stuff. Boom. That, that is Man, you, sound, stuff. you made me sound brilliant. Will you be my biographer? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I, I would say, I mean, as far as an action item goes this week, I feel like that Venn diagram practice would be a good uh, action item. Uh, so Ben just went through the whole thing. So rewind this and listen <laughs> to the steps that you need to take to uh, to do that. And uh, Claire, where can people find you, connect with you, um, hire you? Yeah, so um, the easiest place to, to do any of that is to go to clairechandler.net. Uh, you'll learn more about me. Uh, you will see links to podcasts like this. Um, and there's a resources page on there that has a couple of other free downloads that will really help you, uh, similar to that Venn diagram exercise, um, kind of help you, uh, you know, prioritize and get real clear on the next couple of actions you may want to take in growing your business. Fantastic. And don't forget to go to thefridayhabit.com to find show notes for this episode. Uh, there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System. Uh, that's going to show you how to set aside one full day each week to dedicate working on your business instead of in your business. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app. Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, until next time, live every day like it's Friday. <laughs>